the Lord. All right. We just know that God loves us and his love never Amen. fails. He never gives up on us. No matter what we do, what we say, he's always there. Ah, uh, yeah, showing his love and kindness and his mercy. Yes. Never gives up. 
never runs out on me. But your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. For your love. For your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Hallelujah. Thank you for your love. Because of that love, God, we want to give you glory. We want to give you honor. We just want to give you praise today, God, for your never-ending love, for your grace, God. to sing of his love. We're free to be who we are in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Higher, higher, 
His love is hallelujah. Oh, it's higher, higher, higher than heavens, deeper, deeper, deeper than oceans, greater, greater, greater than mountains. Your love, come on, sing it with the saints. was raised, we were lifted with him, Father, <clears throat> and now we are indeed free, Father, free to worship you, free to praise you, free because of grace, and we thank you for this time where we get to hear more about the truth of grace. Holy Spirit, have your way, move up and down every aisle, in and out every, every road, 
touch, heal, deliver, set free, make whole. If there's anything wrong in any of our lives tonight, we declare in the name of Jesus, it's made right by the light of your word. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Come on and give God another hand clap of praise. Welcome to World Changers Church Houston. We're glad you made it out. Go ahead and have a seat right where you're at. If you have your Bibles, amen. Go ahead and open up uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. We're going to take a peek at that in just a moment. 1 Corinthians, uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. And uh, let's look at that in the New Living Translation. How many of you guys are blessed on tonight? How many of you guys are glad you got grace on your side? I know I am. Where would we be without grace? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. We're going to be continuing on in our uh, series talking about right living, begins with possessing the power to change. Right living begins with possessing the power to change, and you know that you have, indeed, the power on the inside of you to change. Amen? But the question often comes up is, I got this power, so now what do I do with it? How does it work? Where does it come from? And we've been talking about that that power to change happens in kind of three different areas of our life and on Sunday we really started to bring that home and clarify that with what we have up here on the board first of all the number one area that I change in is indeed my spirit everybody say spirit when I change in my spirit that just simply means I get saved the Bible talks about how the old man is gone now I'm a new creature in Christ the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of me. So the first change that takes place in the life of a believer when they believe on grace is very simply put, they get saved. You're no longer who you used to be. Amen? So that's a change that only requires you to do what? Believe. All you do is believe and believe on who? Believe on Jesus. And what am I believing on Jesus? I'm believing that he is blood was enough to pay for and take care of my sin. <clears throat> I'm believing that grace saved me. Now, when I believe that, there is a spiritual change that takes place. My old spirit or my old man dies, and I am born again with the Holy Ghost moving on the inside of me. If you understand that, say amen. Now, I don't change myself. All I do is believe and receive the change that God has made available through me to me through grace. When you get saved, however, does your body change? No. When you get saved, does your mind change? No. Some of us would like for that to happen. Some of us even thought that happened. I don't know about you, but I thought, well, I got saved now, so I shouldn't have any more desire to sin. Anybody else with me? And then you wonder why, why do I keep wanting to sin? 
Why do I have some of the same appetites? Why do I have some of, the, some of the same thoughts and things like that? It's because when you were saved, your spirit definitely changed, but the soul change or the mind being renewed or changing, that doesn't happen when you get saved. You have the opportunity to, you have the empowerment to, but there is, according to the word, something else that has to take place for your mind to change. And as we saw in Romans 12, 2, that once my mind is changed or transformed by God, then I can know the will of God. And once I know the will of God, how many of you guys know I can do the will of God? I can't do the will of God if I don't know the will of God. And according to Romans 12, 2, in order for me to know his will, I have to be transformed by God. And then I can do or present my body, as Romans 12, 1 says, a living sacrifice. So the body change or the change in your actions, the change in how you talk, the change in what you do comes after the mind is renewed. But the mind can only be renewed by God after I'm saved. So it's literally a one, two, three step process if one really wants to change. So again, the recap, if I want to change, the first thing I need to do is get saved. And then once I'm saved, I need to do what? Renew my mind. And who does the renewing? God. He takes the responsibility. Now once I have renewed my mind, what then am I able to do? Present my body. So when I'm saved, I can think right, and when I can think right, I can act right. When I'm saved, I have the ability now to think right because God is changing me. And then once I think right, I can act right. That sounds like a scripture, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But if I'm not thinking right, then can I act right? I said if I'm not thinking right, can I act right? But that's what many people expect people to do. They expect you to come into church already acting right when you don't even think right. It's like expecting a kid to go into a physics classroom and ace the test and they barely know algebra. They barely know basic science. But you expect them to operate at a master's level of physics. What, what, what has to take place for that kid to actually get an A on the test? Yeah, they got to learn something. Somebody has to teach them, and their mind has to be changed from what it was to what it needs to be. And as soon as they learn, then they can do. Your performance as a Christian is not automatic. You have the ability, but without the mind renewal, you cannot cooperate with what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You won't even know what he wants to do. You won't understand what he wants to do. This isn't magic. It isn't automatic. It takes the renewal of your mind according to the word of God. And God says, I'll take the responsibility to transform your thinking. Because I know what you need to be thinking. That's why he takes the responsibility. Because he's like, I know what you need to be thinking. You need to be thinking what my word says. And I know what my word says. You want to know why? He says, because I said it. 
So I'll be the teacher via the Holy Ghost. I'll be the instructor because I'm the only one qualified to teach you this. You're not qualified to teach yourself. And man, that, that tears down a lot of religious thinking that we have from the past that we somehow had to go and study extra hard so that we can learn and teach ourselves how we ought to act. Even when you come to church, it's not me teaching you what you should and should not do. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of me speaking a message to your heart. So even this is still him teaching you. Did you hear what I said? It's still him teaching you, but the transformation process that many believers get stuck at is right here. Why? Because we think, or we've been taught at least, that we have to take over the process. I want to remind you tonight that if you're looking to change and you're already saved, the next step in the process is to allow God to transform your thinking. And once he transforms your thinking, then you can do what the word says. As a matter of fact, let me just show you this real quick and then we'll come back to 2 Corinthians 3.12 because somebody may be watching this and hear it for, for, hearing it for the first time and I want to make sure they see it in the Word. Go to Romans uh, 12.1 and then we'll go from 1 to 2. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies or present your bodies, it says in the King James, give your bodies to who? Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Now, I don't know about you, but when many people first get saved, that's a very hard thing to do. Just speaking, just being honest, right? I was drinking before I got saved. I was smoking weed before I got saved. I was fornicating before I got saved. I was doing whatever it was before I got saved. And then I read this scripture that says, now you must stop doing what you're doing and give your bodies to God. And many people go to church and that gets preached to them and so they walk out the doors saying, okay, I have to give my body to God. Is that true? Yes. But if you stop at that scripture, you will take the whole process out of context. Somebody comes to church, they're not even saved. And they are preached, you're wrong because you're sitting with your body. Is that technically true? Absolutely. But then they walk out of that door thinking, I must stop doing this. But without the help of God, you've now told that person, do it on your own, work it out on your own, perform. And once we see you acting right, then we'll know you're saved. You, you understand how confusing that is? And also how impossible that is. I don't present my body and then change the way I think so that I can be saved. I get saved so that the Savior gives me access to the Holy Ghost on the inside of me who then transforms and changes my thinking so I know what I should be doing and then I can do it. The Bible also says that he'll even give you the desire to do his will. Some of us know his will and we just still don't want to do it. I know he said don't do this, but he sure is fine. I know he said don't do this, but that sure look good. 
And that's when you call to the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, help me. Give me the desire to do your will. He said, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your body, number three, to God because of all he has done for you. Now go to verse two. Now this tells you how to do it. Let them be a living, holy, and sacrifice. But it's still the same part of verse one. Let them be a living, and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Worship is another word for being obedient. Then he says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So if somebody was reading that and they saw let God transform you and they stopped there, they may think he's talking about being saved. But he's not talking about being saved because he's saying let God transform you. How? By changing the way you think. Does thinking happen in your spirit? No, thinking happens in your soul. So he's clearly talking about a change in the soul and not a change in the spirit. The change in the spirit should have already taken place if God's going to transform you because God can only transform a person that he's on the inside. Somebody who's yielded themselves to him and said, you are Lord of my life. You have responsibility for me. I have submitted myself to you. Now help me. So that's a saved person he's talking to. He said, and when I change the way you think, Let's keep reading. Then, everybody say then. Then you will know, where do I know stuff? In my spirit? Do I know stuff in my body? I know stuff where? In my mind. So we're still dealing with the mind. I'm, he's changing the way I think. I used to not know what to do. Now I'm going to know what to do. And I don't just know anything. I'll know his will. Somebody say God's will. I'll know how he wants me to live. And not just in a general sense. I'll know day to day what he wants me to do. I'll know tomorrow what he wants me to do. I'll know that if he wants me to invest in something or buy this or buy that, I'll know whatever he wants me to do. I'll know God's will for my life, and it's going to be good, it's going to be pleasing, and it's going to be perfect. How do I know the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God? He changes my thinking. I used to have this old way of thinking, and I had no clue of what he wanted me to do. But now that I'm saved and submitted to his uh, word and will for my life, I hear him telling me, this is the right way, this is the wrong way. And it is now my decision to not only submit my will to his life, go back to verse one real quick, but to now obey and give my life, my physical body, to him. Because what is he doing for me? He's constantly teaching me, he's constantly directing me, he's doing all of this for me, so why not just obey him? He's showing me the way, he's showing me how, so he's done all this for me, so the least I can do is what? Do what he says. How crazy is it for a person who has been given direction, understanding, and clarity by God, and then say, yeah, but I don't want to do that. So that's what this scripture is talking about. But there are those three steps of change 
We got to make sure that we don't get them out of order because grace is what makes it all possible when we get saved, but then the physical act of changing happens after the mind change. If you understand that, say amen. Okay, so this is all done by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. I said this on Sunday, that the Holy Spirit is indeed God's positioning and possession system, GPS. He possesses you on the inside. Is that true? And then that possession then directs you, tells you where you're supposed to be at in life. If you're going to change, you must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. If you want to truly change, you must have a relationship with the voice of God. Somebody says, well, no, I just asked, and, and I know this is going to sound controversial, but I want you to hear me out. I just asked Jesus. Well, Jesus did, again, what he was supposed to do. He is grace. And that's who saved you. That's who spirit changed you. But the voice of God is the Holy Ghost. And he is the one that has been tasked with and assigned to give you direction. You remember in John, it talked about he's going to lead you, he's going to guide you, he's going to direct you, he's going to teach you, he's going to show you things to come. That's the job of the Holy Ghost. That's not the job of Jesus. Jesus had a job. He had a responsibility. But what we've done is we've religiously just said Jesus to that part too. Jesus was indeed the teacher and the... Um, uh, they called him rabbi, they called him different things, but he was the teacher uh, to the disciples and all those guys when he was physically walking the earth. But once he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit in his place. The Holy Spirit now became the teacher. He now became the guide. And what we've done in church is we've kept that responsibility on Jesus, and therefore we have weak relationships with the Holy Ghost. And so we struggle to hear the direction and to receive the change of the Holy Spirit because many of us are looking to the wrong part of the Trinity to fulfill that part. The Holy Spirit is a whole nother person of the Trinity. And he is on the inside of you. This is how important the Holy Spirit is. Jesus himself operated by the Holy Ghost. He didn't teach, he didn't preach, he didn't heal, he didn't do nothing, as he said, until his father told him to. When he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came up on him, that gave him the power to do what he needed to do. So if Jesus was guided by the Holy Ghost, who am I to try to do it without him? That was Jesus' method of operation on earth, and we are joint heirs with him, supposed to be doing greater works than he did, so guess what? We are going to receive the same manual and operating system as he did, and that is known as the Holy Ghost. So the more I spend time in this word, and the more I spend time with the Holy Ghost, then I can find myself 
becoming transformed because I'm listening to his leading, I'm listening to his guidance, and I will no longer be where I used to be. I'm going to be right in God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for my life. If you understand that, say amen. So everybody say this with me. Say, we have to be transformed. I can't just get saved and then not renew my mind. I will not be able to advance in the kingdom of God. I will not be able to move forward in the things of God without changing. We said change equals growth and growth equals change. The Holy Spirit is who helps me change. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. How do we change? We talked a little bit about it, but let me show you a little bit more. It says, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel could, uh, would not sorry, see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds, somebody say the minds, but the people's minds were what? Soft to the things of God? Open to the things of God? They were hardened to the things of God. I remember my mom saying to me constantly over and over, over, and over again that a hard head makes a soft behind. And I had a hard head. <laughs> but their minds were hardened. He says, and to this day, wherever the old covenant is being read, Keep going. The same veil covers their minds, which makes a hard heart, so that they cannot understand the truth. Now, he's not saying, we're not talking about spirit, are we? We're not talking about body. We're talking about what? The mind. And the veil cannot be removed from the mind only by believing in Christ. If I don't believe in what grace did, if I don't believe in what Jesus did, if I don't believe in that, my mind will stay the same. That's why you got to be careful of religion. Because religion will have you believing in God and not on God. Religion will have you believing in Jesus and not on grace. Religion will have you believing in the Holy Spirit and having absolutely no relationship with them. I've been in church for 40, I've been saved for 40 years and in church my entire life in that sense, and I'm not preaching to you what I think, I'm preaching to you exactly what I know. That many Christians are sitting in church with no relationship with God. And they come every week and they give and they attend, and they serve, and they cry out, and they shout, and they do all these things not realizing that they're asking for something that has already been done. They're looking for something that has already been provided. They don't understand the truth because of a veil that's over their minds, because of the law being mixed in with what Jesus has already finished. If you know the truth of the word, it actually says that Jesus is the end of the law. 
which for me, when something is the end, it is a waste to continue to go back to it and try to use it. Think about it. Milk has run out in your refrigerator. There's no more milk in the carton. You got to the end of the carton, correct? So I don't care how many times you go back to that carton, it is a waste of time to try to use it for your cereal. But that's what we're doing. The law has run out for us. It has no more use anymore, but we're leaving it in the refrigerator as if it's going to benefit us. Ooh, I want some Cheerios. So you go to the refrigerator, and you're pulling out an empty carton and pouring it over your cereal and wondering why it ain't nothing happening. Because it's of no more use. And it's almost insanity to continue to try to use something that's dried up. It's, it's of no use. But Jesus, grace, is flowing with freedom. Flowing with all the power, all the ability, all the inheritance that you need. And that's why the enemy's working overtime to convince people that the last place they want to be is at somewhere that's preaching a grace message. But we know the truth, amen? So this veil can only be removed by believing Christ. Let's keep going. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But who, whenever someone turns where? Whenever somebody does what? Turns to the Lord, or one version says, beholds the Lord. Now, if I'm turning to the Lord, then where was I, where was I facing before? Away from him. Did you know that to try to live religiously by the law is actually to turn your back on God? Because what I'm doing is, is if this is God, and I'm facing the law, the law is self-effort. The law represents performance. The law represents what I can do, not what he has done. And God is love. So much so that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God is love. Jesus is grace. Love and grace is over here saying we've already done it for you. The law says you got to do it. So when I am facing the law, I got my back on love. I got my back on grace. And I'm saying I can do it all on my own. But when I turn to the Lord, this veil, this, this lie, this this. Uh, this lie of, oh, this is the only way of, of performance-based Christianity that's taken away. Let's keep going. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, wherever love is, wherever grace is, wherever I've already done it for you is, wherever it is finished is, there is freedom. Well, that makes absolute sense because this is not freeing over here. I got to work. I got to work hard. And even though I work hard, I never achieve. I never change. The law has no power to change you. But over here, I'm changed in my spirit. Now I have access to the Holy Spirit who can change me in my mind. And now I can actually be free to do what his word says with this body. Here's where my change is. Let's keep going. So all of us, who have had that veil removed can see, somebody say, I can see, and reflect the glory of the Lord. That's some good news. So we are transformed 
by beholding him. We are transformed by beholding him, and then the Holy Spirit accepts the responsibility to transform us. Write the scripture down really quickly. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13. Philippians 2, 12 through 13, and it says this. Dear friends, you, are always, you, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. Paul is writing, and he says, and now that I'm away, it is even more important Work hard to show the results of your salvation. How? Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Well, I can't obey God. I can't do what he says to do unless I know his will. And I can't know his will unless I'm transformed. Is that right? According to Romans 12, 2. So then Paul reinforces what was in Romans 12, 1 and 2, by saying, for God, remember he's the one that's our transformer, for God is working in you. He's working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, if God is giving me the desire and power to do what pleases him, that means I didn't have it before. That means he's providing something for me that I didn't have. That means he's helping me change my status from one who did not have the desire and one who did not have the power to now one who does. He's changing me. But it is him who's doing the work. If you understand that, say amen. Hebrews 13, verse 20 through 21, it says, Now may the God of peace who brought us up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. You didn't have the equipment before, but God says, I'll take the responsibility, I'll work on you and change you, and I'll equip you to do what I need you to do. I'll equip you to do what I need you to do. I'll equip you to do what I need you to do. You're already saved, so you have within you the power to do what needs to be done, but I got to equip you to actually do it. See, what we've done is we said, I'm saved, I'm ready. You're saved, you're empowered, but now that good, that big old powerful weapon on the inside of you it needs to be equipped. You need to learn how to use it. And then you can go and do what he needs you to do. If you understand that, say amen. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ. May he produce in you through the power of grace. Every good thing that is pleasing to him. So he's equipping you and he's producing in you. Sounds like God is still doing all the work. It says, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. So by grace, I possess the power to change. I possess the power to do what pleases God. 
Say that with me. Say, I have the power to do what pleases God by grace. Grace made it available, and then God says, now I'll take over and make it happen. I'll do the changing in you. And when it's all said and done, you'll have the power, you'll have the understanding and the equipping, and now what you need to do is let it happen. Let it happen. But, but I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. Let it happen. Pastor's preaching a great message uh, in series right now, and part of it on Wednesday nights uh, is about not procrastinating and, 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 and just obeying God with what he says. He shows you his will, but then in order to do that will, you have to change the way you think. Many people won't step out and do what God says because they don't think they can do all of it. So because they don't think they can do all of it, they don't do any of it. And what God is looking for you to do is take the first step. He's looking for you to do what Peter did. Peter didn't know how to walk on the water, but he knew how to take a step. He didn't know how the water was going to hold him up, but he knew how to take a step. Do you know how to take a step? Do you trust God enough to take the step? Because if you take the step, that's evidence that you've already begun to transform the way you think because you use your body for his will. The will was come out of the boat. The will was come out of the boat. The worry was how am I going to stay up on this water with this storm? I need you focusing on the will and not the worry. Because when you change the way you think, you'll be more convinced of his will and you won't be worried about the worries. Instead, you just say, what's your will? I spent so much time with you. You've renewed my mind. I'm ready to go. I'm charged up. Just show me your will. And I will do what you say. That's evidence that you've changed. Now, change means growth. That's evidence that you've grown. The mature believer is the ruling believer. The mature believer is the one who trusts God, who, the one who can walk in love, the one who's out of performance and out of selfishness. That mature believer, that's who Jesus was when he was on earth. Jesus was not an immature believer. He believed everything the Father said. We say all the time, Lord, make me more like you. Well, this is the process. It's a growing up process. How did Jesus have so much manifestation? Tell me where Jesus, where his prayers failed. Tell me when he didn't know what to say and to preach. Why? Because he believed the Father. And he said, I'm going to say what he tells me to say, and I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And it was that simple. And he had results after results after results. He was a mature believer. Look at somebody near you and tell them it's time to grow up. Because if it's time to grow up, that means it's time to change up. Mm. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. So what do I need to do? Okay, I'm saved. And I'm in this 
situation where I'm changing the way I think. Now, here's what I need you to understand. Changing the way you think and presenting your body is not a one-time thing. It's a cycle. We're going to get deeper into that on Sunday. But this is a process of change, but then there's a cycle of change. You don't keep getting saved. That happens one time. Everybody say one time. But how many of you guys know this mind renewal process and presenting your body process? That's over and over and over and over again. It just keeps happening. Depends on the situation. Depends on what it is. And you grow and you mature in different areas. You didn't tithe. You didn't give before because you didn't understand it. And now you understand that you give because you love God. And all of a sudden you've matured in that area. You're good to go. But now it's maybe uh, going out and witnessing. Well, that's not my department. That's not my thing. And then you start realizing, oh, all of us should be winning people to, to Christ. Some of y'all looking funny about it right now. Talking about, I thought we had a department for that. You are the department. <laughs> but it may take you a minute to understand that. It's going to spend some, you take some time and spend it in the Word and the Holy, Holy Spirit revealing things to you. And then before you know it, you begin to do what it is he says to do. And now you got that one lick. You've grown in that area. But it never ends. Until Jesus returns, this process is going to be happening. The way the preachers used to say it back in the day is none of us have arrived yet. We're all working on something. Dr. Dollar says everybody in the house got an issue. And we're all working something out. Amen? What did I tell you to turn? Ephesians 4? Yeah, verse 20. It says, but that isn't what you've learned about Christ. Verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned, what have you learned? The truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Now, I think this is very interesting because it's a huge contrast to what we've been reading so far. What we've been reading so far is about this change that takes place, and here is Jesus changing us, grace changing us here so we can be saved, and then it's God and the Holy Spirit saying, we'll change the way you think. But then in Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and he's saying, now you, they're going to change you, both in your spirit and your mind, but you got to make a choice to throw off your old sinful nature. You can't grow, you can't change if you're trying to hold on to your old sinful nature. Amen. But I like the way it sounds, I like the way it feels, I like the way it does me on the inside. I, I, just, I just like it. I just like it every now and then. It's okay to hold on to it for every now and then, ain't it? Only if you don't want to grow. Only if you don't want to change. Now, you're saved already. See, this is where we used to get this backwards. We used to preach this to people and say, if you don't do this, then you're going to go to hell. No, you're saved. But you'll never be that ruler. You'll never be that mature person as a believer until you make the decision that sinning is not my way of living. I don't have to sin anymore. I don't want to sin anymore 
because I want to follow the will of my Father. I know his will now. I hear him speaking to me, and I want to follow his will. I want to follow his way, and I now know that I have to let go of that old man. It says throw off. Somebody says throw off. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted. That's why you don't want it. It's corrupted. Who wants to live in corruption? It's corrupted by lust and deception. Those are not love. They're not grace. Keep going. Instead, let. Somebody say let. So I'm throwing off. And then I'm letting the Holy Spirit. That's my responsibility right there. I got to throw it off. And then I got to let the Holy Spirit do what? Here we go. That's why I said I can't change my mind until I throw off the junk. Well, I can't, well, let me rephrase that. My mind will not be renewed or changed until I throw off the old way. He's waiting to change you. But he's not waiting on you to get saved. You're already saved. You know what he's waiting on you to do? To submit. Submit to what the word says, which is, hey, even though you're saved by grace, sin is not our goal. Sin is not our goal. Holiness will be the result of grace in the mature believer's life. Why? Because the Holy, Spirit's, he, he, Holy Spirit, he cannot lead you to sin. He's always going to lead you to righteous living. But you've got to make up your mind that that's what you want. That's if you want to change. Somebody say it's tight, but it's right. He said, throw off that old way. Don't go with the way that's full of lust and deceit and all that stuff. Instead, you let the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, Renew your thoughts and your attitude. Renew the ideas and the images and all the things in your mind and let them renew the rules of your mind. Keep going. Now here's another responsibility of us. Somebody say, put on. Now I can't put on the new until I've thrown off the old. You see the process? I know I like processes. <laughs> so what have I done? I hope y'all can read this. <laughs> I throw off, right? And then I let, and then I do what last? Put on. So throw off, let, put on. Somebody say throw off, let, put on. Come on, one more time. Throw off, let, put on. One more time. Throw off, let, put on. Why all about the Benjamins is in my head? 35, <laughs> 45. <laughs> okay, sorry. Put on what? This new nature. I throw off the old. I throw off old. 
I let the Holy Spirit change me, and then I put on the new. Old is gone, a change happens on the inside, and then I can put on the new. We're talking about changing, y'all. My part of the process is these three things. I'm not doing any of the change. What I'm doing is I'm allowing the change to happen. He, that's a triangle, changes me. But I got to let it happen. Because I want you to see something very important. Even though I've thrown off the old and the Holy Spirit has begun the, begin the change process, how many of you guys know it's not complete until I take what he's done and put it on? Some of y'all, your change is sitting on the shelf. Some of your change is in a storage room somewhere. Some of y'all, the change is, is, is in a footlocker somewhere. And he's like, I've already created your change. I've already told you what we need to do, but you got to put it on. Your breakthrough is waiting on you to put it on. Your increase, your promotion, your healing, your, your all the things that you've been believing God for, it's waiting on you to grow up and put it on. Because I promise you, the Holy Spirit has done his job. But I got to make the decision that I don't want this old way anymore. I don't like these old attitudes. I don't like these old ways of thinking. I'm ready to grow, Lord. I'm ready to change, Lord. And I am taking these things off, and I am receiving today, Holy Spirit, what you've done to change me. And I am putting it on because I know my victory is in this change. My breakthrough is in this change. All that I need from him to see the manifestation of grace in my life, it is in this change. Put on your new nature, create it to be like God. Truly righteous. And holy. Let's keep going and finish this up. So what does this look like? So stop telling lies. <laughs> Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin, letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, stop stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Amen. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. How? by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own before you go to the next one, uh, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Don't bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. He's provided change. You know what makes the Holy Spirit sorrowful? When he provides a change and we don't take it. Not because he's mad at us, but because now the manifestation of grace can't be of happening in our lives. It won't happen in your life unless you take the change that he gave you and put it on. So that makes him sad. It makes him sad when he's like, there's better for you out here. But you're not seeing it because you're not taking the change I gave you. You won't follow the direction I gave you. So he's sad when he don't see you walking in the blessing. He's sorrowful when he doesn't see the manifestation of grace just running all over your life. 
so that you, uh, sorry, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So what do I got to do again? I need to throw off. Say throw off. I need to let. Let what? The Holy Spirit renew my thoughts. Let them change me. And then I need to put on this new nature. I want to challenge you and ask you tonight. Have you taken off the old? Have you truly taken off the old? Because his promise is, is that he's waiting with your change for you to put it on. And then if you've truly taken it off, have you now put on the new? Now understand this, and I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm done <laughs> so I don't get into Sunday's message. But I need you to understand that only good and perfect gifts come from above. And God has given you the change that's just for you. It fits you. It fits your purpose. It fits your call. It fits your anointing. It fits every battle that you're going to face. You have already been clothed with all you need. You can't put on somebody else's change, but you better not go out there naked either. Saul tried to give David his tunic and he tried to give him his sword, but he's like, I can't put on what you gave me. I got to put on what God gave me. So he left the sword and he left the tunic and he went with the sling that he had and he went out to the river and he picked up five smooth stones and I believe that represented J-E-S-U-S. -S. And he went with Jesus, whom he had already been with this whole time because he said, I killed the lion, I killed the bear with what God put on me. And he went out there and he slew Goliath. Why? Because he was already clothed with all that God had for him. He has already set you up. Stop trying to do what everybody else thinks. This is for somebody thinks you should do. Stop trying to be what everybody else thinks you should be. Stop trying to take on what other people are trying to give you and say this is what you're supposed to put on. Be, you know, you're, you're the success. Do, do what, no, 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 you just do what God tells you to do and you stick with the Holy Spirit's change for your life. And you put it on and you watch the victories that you begin to have and the great adventures and mighty things that God begins to do through you. I declare right now supernatural victories in every area of your life. I declare that people are dumbfounded by the giants that you begin to slay as you receive the change and put on the change that the Holy Spirit gives you. Father God, I thank and praise you right now that by your Holy Spirit, we change. By the Holy Spirit, we grow. By the Holy Spirit, we will never be the same again. Jesus, we thank you for being grace that made all this even possible. Because of you, we are the righteousness of God. And we thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. 
to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, to change us, to grow us, to empower us, to be all that we were created to be. We receive this word, Lord, on tonight. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. So here's what I want you to do. This week, I want you to make sure, before this week is out, that you spend more time with the Holy Ghost, talking to him about your change. Spend more time with the Holy Ghost. I mean, actually writing down what it is he's telling you. I want you to spend more time praying in the Holy Ghost, perfectly declaring and decreeing the Word of God for your life on this earth. Develop this relationship with him. Just like the disciples did with Jesus, I need you spending that much time with the Holy Ghost. Because he's your teacher. He's your guide. He's God on the inside of you, leading you day to day to day. So don't, don't let a day go by this week without hanging out with Holy Ghost. And you watch how things begin to change in your life. You watch how, how good you begin to feel. You watch how sorrow is going to be replaced with joy. You watch how balanced and whole and complete and at peace you begin to feel in your mind. I believe that this is a missing link for many believers who've been struggling to see some things change in their life. But the good news is you got the answer on tonight. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Oh, you can do better than that. Go ahead and give God praise for that. Amen. Well, guys, we love you so much. We're going to see you on uh, Sunday. Uh, check your emails. We, we emailed out today uh, an entire kind of schedule for the rest of November and December telling you when we were having services, when we weren't having services, what's going to be going on with special events. We want to make sure that you are equipped uh, with that information. Uh, it's, it's been a great year. Amen. Um, but greater is still to come. So get ready. 2020 is going to be amazing. Amen. Amen. We love you guys so much. Michael. Amen. Awesome word. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, we're about to change, amen? We're going to a new level, amen? With that word, y'all, we're about to elevate, escalate, take off, flight, amen? That's awesome word, awesome word. Let's give God one more huge round of applause for that word. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. And thank God for a pastor that studies and receives the word, amen? So, and I'll, I'll pick up where Pastor Archie left off with that announcement. So, next so we do meet this Sunday, but next Wednesday, we will not have Wednesday service. We will have Thanksgiving service on Thursday morning from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Amen? So no service next Wednesday. We will have service Thanksgiving morning from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. and stream live from the Dome. Amen? Um, like Pastor said, check your email because there's a whole calendar, that, a schedule that went out with all the holiday um, service times. 
So please check your schedule. I'm sorry, check your email. And also this schedule will be printed and you can pick it up at the information desk. And then of course, as you see others and talk to others, you know, that come to church, make sure you just uh, remind them of the schedule changes and the times. And the same goes for, um, of course, uh, our south location, since next Thursday is Thanksgiving, there'll be no uh, service next Sunday. I'm sorry, next Thursday. That's why we have a schedule, amen? <laughs> Lots of change times. Um, now is the time to give, amen? Now is the time to give. Awesome word. God's doing great things in our life. We want to give, amen? So we give by text. No longer need to give by um, cash on Wednesday night. So you can... Um, give by cash uh, or check um, on Sundays, but tonight we're going to go ahead and get by text. So the information is on the screen. Those of you uh, streaming online, the directions are there as well. So once you take a moment and, um, and give by text, just hold your phone up and that way we'll know we'll go ahead and, and uh, just kind of bless that, bless that giving. Amen. Y'all love to give? We can't out give God. Amen. And what's awesome, the awesome change for me this last year or so, just to really get in my spirit, I'm not giving to get. Amen. I'm giving because God is good. And uh, I tell you what, he never, he's never late. Amen. I'm going to hold up your phones if you already, uh, go ahead and see if, you, if you already sent your text in. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that we can never, I'll give you. We thank you. We that we can give because we love you and because you are a gracious, good God. And so we thank you that our giving is blessed and our giving is used to produce and to uh, definitely deliver and get out this gospel of grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So we never want to um, take the opportunity to end service without giving the, uh, definitely three invitations. One invitation is to join this awesome word-based ministry. Amen? The word is alive here. The gospel of grace is alive here. So if you're not a part uh, by, uh, of this ministry, through joining this ministry, we have an opportunity to do that tonight. Secondly, definitely, um, you know, you say, I hear this word. I hear this Jesus in relationship, but I've never taken that time to actually accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. We have um, the opportunity to do that tonight as well. And lastly, the opportunity to uh, experience the gift of speaking in tongues. Um, so it's the Holy Spirit gift. It is the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Pastor Archie gave us that assignment to, to spend time with the Holy Spirit this week. And he mentioned that one of the parts of that is using your prayer language, speaking in tongues, using that prayer language that no one else knows but God. Amen? So if you have not experienced that, we have the opportunity uh, for you to experience that tonight. So the altar is open. Amen? Anybody want to come down and do that? Everybody good? Amen? We'll go ahead and stand, and we'll go ahead and be dismissed, and just give God the glory. So, Father God, we thank you on tonight. We thank you that we have the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to change. 
We thank you, Holy Spirit, as we spend time with you this week. We thank you that we were we that we will experience change. And we thank you that uh, that we'll never be the same. And we thank you for revelation. We thank you for hearing your voice as we spend time. Thank you for uh, safe travels upon your people, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, that we are an extension of grace as we go. We thank you for your word being ministered through us to others so that they can know you in Jesus' name. Amen. Will y'all be blessed? See you on Sunday. Amen. Bring a friend. Amen. And don't forget we have the schedule um, at the information desk.